with Azerbaijan attacking Armenian-backed positions in the disputed Nagorno-Karabakh, the president of Armenia, Armin Sarkisian, spoke to Kapil Komaredi for The Critic on the conflict in the Caucasus, the role of Turkey and what he expects from Russia and Western countries. This is their exchange. Russia brokered a truce on Saturday. It was yeah. violated within minutes of its signing. Who broke that ceasefire? Who broke that truce? Well, uh, the, factually, it's Azari. On the at 12 o'clock, the ceasefire was was announced, and immediately after that, there was the shelling of the civilian population of of Stepanakert. So, that's the fact. And if you look from the explanation side or the logic side, well, it's it's all logical because the Armenian side didn't start this war. The Armenian side is fighting for their homes. A victory for Armenians means protecting your home, your house, your children, your grandchildren, your, your grandparents, to protect your heritage, to protect the life that you had there for thousands of years, not hundreds of years, but thousands of years, to protect your religion. So it's all about your house. And that is why even if you look at the military structures in Karabakh, all military units are always out from villages and cities. You know why? Because they never want the enemy using the excuse of hitting uh, an artillery or, or a rocket unit hitting the civilians, because civilians are their families. So logically, Armenians didn't start the war and they don't have any intention of continuing it, because it's Azerbaijan that started with an aim that they claim to free Nagorno-Karabakh from Armenians. Mr. Well, President, a, a missile struck the city of Ganja in Azerbaijan. Ganja is yeah. outside the disputed region. What possible justification can there be for striking it? Okay. First of all, I can speak as President of the Republic on behalf of uh, Armenian government and the information that I'm provided by the Ministry of Defense of Armenia. So the Ministry of Defense and the Foreign Minister in his interviews the, the, the day before has clearly announced that it was not the Arme Armenia that has hit Kanja. That's number one. So if there is a question, I think that's a question to the uh, Defense Army of Nagorno-Karabakh. Number three, to answer to your question, how, how on earth the Azeri side is expecting to start a war from the first day of, of uh, war, 27th of September, as you spoke to our prime minister, they started, started hitting uh, Stepanakert, okay? Well, if you look at Stepanakert today uh, from a drone, it will look like a city after the Second World War all destruction, not one building, not two building, buildings, not three or four, but half of the city is gone. I'm not speaking of civilian deaths and all of that from children up to elderly. Now, somebody shelled from, from Nagorno-Karabakh, maybe, I don't know because I don't have information about that, and now it's a big, big issue, okay? How are you, you, you want to start a, a, a war, and you break all of the rules, you start shelling civilians everywhere, and then you are surprised that somebody has shelled you once or twice. So you, you, you're saying that I, it could no, be... I, I don't have information that, 
uh, the, the army of self-defense has done it, but I'm speculating just analyzing, that... ana analyzing the sort of a media outrage when there were thousands of shellings there and one shelling here. Now they are putting on the same equilibrium. Mr. President, okay. if you're speculating that this could be a retaliatory shelling for the civil for the uh, shelling on the civilians by the Azeris, would it not imply that the army of self defense? I don't think so. I don't think so. That, that's why I have doubts, because what there was nothing. There is nothing that you achieve in shelling, let's say, and destroying one building or two building buildings. Basically, what the Nagorno-Karabakh will uh, will will get out of this event Ganja event is a negative PR so why on earth they should do that that's why I'm not very sure that the party or the, the side of Nagorno-Karabakh has done it because they said they haven't done it I know for sure from my Minister of Defense and my foreign minister that Armenian side the Republic of has not done it and I, I know that well in any case any loss of life or any side, be that a young soldier's life or civilian life especially, I regret because it's, 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 uh, it's a loss of life. There, there are but two the sides. War, there are two things the to explain. For Nagorno-Karabakh people is for life. They are fighting for life. Mr. President, there are two yes, things to explore here. What, one could be that this is a rogue element who chose, retali chose retaliatory shelling because the civilian areas in Nagorno-Karabakh were shelled, or this could be a false flag operation by the Azeris themselves. If it's the first... Well, 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 well I, I leave you. You said that I didn't, and I leave the, to, to you to speculate on but it. But the first part because, of it... Uh, president cannot speculate. But the first part of it is rather troubling, isn't it, Mr. President? Because it would imply... Well, everything that... is troubling. I, I, I mean, everything is troubling. It would imply It's that... also troubling that our focus today is on one this one shelling when now as we speak they are shelling Stepanakert. I, I understand that my just I just and one, one is happening when there is the ceasefire announced and broke broken by Russia they they, they just uh, they don't keep the ceasefire I just want to get one anymore. thing across are the self defense forces under your control do you know that they are working because my 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 control no i mean are the nagorno karabakh forces are they defying armenia or do you think they are because if they are shelling without your knowledge are they are they defying well first of all i am not involved at all there I'm absolutely not there are the self defense forces and the army of a re independent republic and that people have voted to have in fact, they had this year at elections, quite democratic compared with some of our neighbors, and democratically elected. They have democratically elected parliament and, and the president. They have their own army and they run it. It's a different story that volunteers from Armenia. There are a lot of them in, in there, and you cannot stop them because, well, they are the same nation. If Erdogan is saying that they have ethnic connection with mm. Azerbaijan. Well, this is not a connection. These are Armenians. And it's not only Armenians from Armenia, these are Armenians from worldwide. And I know for sure, as president of uh, a republic, but sort of a, of a nation, that there are queues of thousands of Armenians, be that in Russia, in California, in New York, in Argentina, that want to fly and to, to fight as volunteers. Because for them, this war, is a reminder of the genocide of what that happened 105 years ago. Why? 
Why, especially now, because of the Turkish involvement. You, Turkish you... involvement and the rhetoric, the aggressiveness, the usage of starting from airplanes, drones, military equipment, military advisors, officers, even terrorists, Islamic terrorists. Well, Turkey has brought them in, reminds Armenians the events that happened 105 years ago. Yeah, I want to ask you that about that more, Mr. President. You know, as the president of a nation that was dispersed and sought to be liquidated by Turkey a century ago, how do you suppose the world should look at the spectacle of Turkey micromanaging, as, as Prime Minister Pashinyan put it to me, an effort to destroy Armenia? Uh, the, you can have this, the different perspectives. How do, you look, how do you look at the issue? Let me give you a couple of different perspectives. Uh, for Azerbaijan, this is a war that they want to, uh, to exercise ethnic cleansing, that this is a, about of a piece of, piece of land, and, and to prove that even under Soviet Union, they had rule over this region uh, for 65 years, they consider it's theirs. So they want to free Nagorno-Karabakh, but because they are all Armenians living here, that they will be freeing Nagorno-Karabakh from Armenians, which is called ethnic cleansing. That's the war that Azerbaijan wants to run. What is there for Turkey? Obviously, two, three uh, dimensions. Dimension one, to teach a lesson, maybe to Azerbaijan telling, you guys cannot do it, See how we, are, we can help you to do it. So you are our brothers or ethnic brothers. You cannot do it. So you need us. You need us today. You will need us tomorrow. And you will need us forever. That's one. To teach a lesson to Armenians, saying that if you are hoping or expecting or thinking that we're going to recognize genocide, forget about it. Because we are here and maybe we'll... we'll continue what we have started 100 years ago and make another one. So forget about recognition of genocide. To international community, to be honest, they don't, they don't care about the international community, community and the opinions of the people. Because they don't care that countries like Russia, Germany, France, even the Senate of US Senate have recognized the genocide. They are bluntly refusing that. So what is there for, uh, let's say, Armenians worldwide? It's a reminder of the genocide, and Armenians would never allow it to happen again. What is there for people of Armenia in Armenia is the same story. And basically, we are there. We are there. Uh, Karabakh was always a part of Armenia. So we didn't recognize uh, Nagorno-Karabakh for a simple reason. Because the approaches of Armenians and Azeris are always different. An example, we didn't recognize Nagorno-Karabakh. We could have recognized that easily in 1994. Even the Soviet Armenian parliament had recognized it, but we have stopped it. In 94, first war, that Armenians won the war, they were free to recognize, and there was no way that either Turkey or Azerbaijan could have said something. But because the Minsk process, the peaceful negotiations had started, Armenian side decided that we will not recognize giving a chance to negotiations to come with a final solution of the problem. Because 
recognition would have complicated that. Fine. Okay, that's an Armenian approach. Okay. But of course, if the pressure will be very, very high on Nagorno-Karabakh, will be, and the prospect of negotiations will die, then of course Armenia will not have any other choice rather than to recognize. Another example for you. Second biggest city in uh, uh, near Stepanakert is Shushi. There, there was always Armenian big community and a small uh, Azeri community. In that city, there were Armenian churches and one. Uh, one mosque, okay? The Armenians had uh, restored after the first world the, the, the big church, uh, the big church cathedral, which is called Christ the Savior. 300 meters away from that, there is a mosque, and that mosque was restored by, by Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh. And now this, with this war, do you know why uh, Azar is one of the first things they, they're hitting in, in Shushi? Was, was the church. Armenians, their approach, restoring a mosque. Azeri approach, hitting inside the church were children and and uh, elderly and journalists, and journalists were hit there. Okay? Mr. Pre- Mr. Pre- two different approaches. Mr. President, you, you said something really interesting. You said the Turkey, Turks, they don't care about the international community. But the inter- should the international community care about what Turkey is doing? Because we often hear the phrase, Never again. I, I understand your question. Let me give you two the dimensions of, of an answer. One answer based on, uh, on our history, which is the genocide. So for international community, allowing Turks to do it again in 21st century, after 100 years, in the middle of that 100 years, you had the Holocaust, Rwanda, whatever happened in the world, as if these 100 years were wasted and we didn't learn, learn any lesson. And now we are going to allow the same guy to do the same guy again, again, and again. That's one dimension. But there's a second dimension to, the, to this story. And the second dimension is, Turkish interest is also to occupy Azerbaijan by staying there to their brothers and so on. The moment they are there and the conflict is, is over or not over, under the, under the sort of a excuse there are ethnic brothers, there are PKK fighters, which is complete nonsense. We are protecting international oil and gas routes, another nonsense. They will stay. In reality, they will stay there having huge influence on Azerbaijan. They will define the future of Azerbaijan and they will control the energy sources going from Caspian to Europe. Do you think so that, somehow, that is the animating force behind that's this? That's very, very real. And somehow Europe will become a... Vi- a hostage to Turkey because they will be in Azerbaijan. Now at the moment they are in Azerbaijan, they are not the recipient client of buying oil and gas from Azerbaijan. They are the ones that control the pipeline. So all those who are on on Caspian, Central Asian republics and so, they'll become a hostage because the moment they like it, they can close it or they can open it. And Europe will become a hostage as well because they will control the first time really control energy resources from Caspian. Mr. President, Turkey, let's face it, has not been demure in its support for Azerbaijan. It has said we are two states, one nation. Um, it, has deci- it has promised to put everything into the effort to support Azerbaijan. Russia has been somewhat coy in throwing its support behind you, despite the fact that you are a member of the C- CSTO. 
are you are you a little disappointed frankly by the way you haven't received comparative support comparable support well uh, to be honest i'm uh, disappointed in many in many accounts <laughs> i am disappointed in many accounts i'm disappointed that NATO is allowing their member member state to get involved in a third party conflict which Turkey doesn't have anything to do okay and using during that conflict their equipment which is NATO proven weapons starting from F16s their drones their military their, their basically NATO equipment NATO trained soldiers which are Turkish soldiers are involved in something which without a mandate from NATO. So I'm disappointed. And I've raised these questions with the, with the head uh, of, uh, of NATO. I'm also disappointed, uh, for example, that there's not enough pressure from European Union. I'm disappointed that we don't get enough pressure from America, but I can understand the timing was chosen. So America is busy. I think you look at American newspapers, televisions, 99% is election, nothing else. So I, 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 it's, it's a disappointing time. I'm also disappointing that Israel continues supplying Azerbaijan with weapons. Why I'm disappointed? Because I have a lot of Jewish friends and I know Jewish community. And I went to the 75th anniversary of Holocaust to Israel. And I know that um, the majority of Israelis and Jews they do want Israel to recognize the genocide, but the current government doesn't do that. In fact, what the current government is doing, first of all, they are declaring that they are selling off defensive weapons, while all of their weapons are offensive. Secondly, their weapons are used against civilians. And the third one, it is a war is happening. Normal, any normal company should have stopped during a war supplying weapons until the war is over. So on three accounts, I'm disappointed. And I'm disappointed, not alone, because I, as I told you, I have a lot of Jewish friends from the worldwide, from Israel up to New York and to Moscow. They are very unhappy with this. But now when it comes to Russia, to answer your question, I haven't forgotten that, don't worry. Well, Russia has claimed clearly that if there is an attack on Republic of Armenia, they will honor all of their agreements, which are bilateral or multi multilateral agreements. So they will stand with Armenia if there is an attack on Republic of Armenia. And you're satisfied by that assurance? That's what the Russian side has said. Now, Russia, the Russian Federation has also good relations with Azerbaijan, which is not secret. So it has good relations both, both with the Republic of Armenia and Azerbaijan. That is why Russia can become uh, an, an, an honest mediator. Turkey cannot. Turkey has taken a side openly. Well, I don't, I don't buy their excuse about the two nations, two, one nation, two states. If that's the truth, then one, one nation, six states, because you can take also some of the Central Asian republics a part of Turkey after Mongolia, because they all come from Central Asia. So why don't you announce one nation, six states? Fine. No. It's up to you. But because Russia has good relations with Azerbaijan as well, they can be the broker of a ceasefire, because both sides will trust them. I would like to see more pressure from all of our friends, including Russia, on Azerbaijan, 
But I would like to see much more pressure from everybody on Turkey, because Turkey is the key negative factor in this conflict. The moment you take Turkey out, I can assure you that war will continue another one or two days and it will stop. Once you like take the, Turkey out of it. The moment you take Turkey And bringing Turkey in and even thinking to bringing others into this game is disaster. Because the level confrontation will go tremendously, uh, tremendously up and we will end up with, with a huge uh, conflict in Caucasus which will be much worse than any Syria. So the question is not to bring others, but to exclude Turkey. And all international pressures, including the UK government, including from Prime Minister, would like to see pressure on Turkey get out from that conflict. Prime Minister Pashinyan used a very poignant phrase with me. He said, this is an existential threat for us because of Turkey's involvement. Since I spoke to him, the war has intensified. I spoke to him a day after the hostilities broke out. In, in, that, in that time, has this threat, the existential threat, has it intensified? Do you now see that the Republic itself is in peril? Yeah, it, it, has, it has intensified. It has gone in scale. It has become huge. The number of lost lives is, is in thousands and thousands. It's in the thousands? Thousands. On your side? No, no, on both sides. But Armenian side is every day on television the name of lost lives, both in Nagorno-Karabakh and Armenians volunteers are announced. So the moment they are identified, okay, then the, but the problem is that we're speaking hundreds of lives already officially announced. But if you take into account that the ceasefire was not ordered by Azerbaijan, and there are a lot of bodies lying on the battlefield. So you can, uh, you can conclude that you are not speaking about hundreds of lives lost, but thousands of lives, lives lost. And of course, uh, with the aggressive rhetoric of Turkey growing every day, I mean, it's growing in a form that if there is an event happening or a, an announcement, let's say, from Armenian side or something, you know who is the first to react? Not Baku, but Ankara. Well, I, they have just identified themselves with this conflict. Well, the, the fight is with a small republic of 150,000 people in a beautiful country, where if you go there, you'll find remnants of Armenian kingdoms, starting from the first century BC, up to the churches from fourth and fifth century, where there were no ethnic brothers of Turkey, Neither them or their ethnic brothers in that area at all. There were others there. And this is a nation, small nation, but proud, that has seen from Chinggis Khan to the great Timur coming and going, Persian Empire, and so on and so forth. But when you look at it, this huge empire, Turkey, fighting these small people, and these people, to, to make it sort of a brief, they are fighting for, for their lives, for their history, for, for their heritage, for their children, for their grandchildren, for their religion. But also, if I make it a formula, they are fighting for security of Russia. Because if the Mujahideens will stay in Azerbaijan, there will be threat to Caucasus. They are fighting for security of Iran. 
They're fighting for security of Azerbaijan because Turkish president, uh, the security of Central Asia. Because if, the, if Turkey and Mojahedin stay in Azerbaijan, they'll be threat to it. And indirectly, they are fighting for security of Europe. I mean, energy security, take it. Or Middle East, because where Turkey is 360 degrees in war with everybody, they are fighting for security of, uh, of also the Persian Gulf, where Turkey would love, love to bully everybody. So a small nation is fighting for itself, but it's also fighting for others. President Macron has spoken in terms that favor Armenia. What, but Britain has released a fairly bland statement. It has said we want cessation of hostilities with Canada. It said that yesterday. Have you activated your contacts? Because I imagine you have very extensive contacts in Britain and you know Britain okay. very well. So what is your sense of where Britain is and what would you like Britain to do more? It's, a national, it's an issue of national survival. And since Armenians are worldwide, you can find them from Singapore up to Argentina and Brazil. And of course, in America and Europe and in Manchester, of course. I, uh, uh, I, I ask every Armenian to be, but not only Armenians, but also friends of Armenia or friends of mine and so on. But I'm, uh, I would like to see more, because UK now is not a member of, of, of European Union. Being out of European Union, the, then Britain now controls their own foreign policy, their economic interests, and so on and so forth. And uh, my message to Britain is, it's the time that if you have decided in your referendum to be out of European Union and that referendum is honored, think about those people whose referendum has created a war and death. United Kingdom being now sort of a independent from European Union, a country that is going to, to work very hard for their economic recovery, for their political presence, is the right time to raise the, their voice as an independent state parallel to European Union and state something which are on the level of humanity. That's one. Second, I just want to remind this small nation of Armenians in Nagorno-Karabakh. They are fighting also for security of UK as well in Europe. They are fighting for energy security in the region. Because the moment Turkey takes it over, I mean, uh, God help many.